0: Hello and welcome to Fantasy Football Interrupted, season four, episode number two. I am one half of your co-hosting team, John McStravick, and I'm joined by my other half. Some say my better, I don't.
1: Alex K over here. I can do my own intro, thank you. Some would say it's, it's an improvement.
0: Oh, okay. So I see we're rolling with Alex K again for two weeks in a row. That's something new? Testing it out?
1: You know. We'll see how it goes. I'm sure I'll drop it at some point. But
0: All right. All right. Well, for now, you are Alex K. And that's how I will refer to you. And then you can let me know when you have a new nickname you want to bestow upon yourself. Will do. Alex, we have lots to get to. So we're going to get right on into it. And we'll start it off with our fantasy talk question of the day. I was just curious. Do you see fantasy now? You've been at it for a few years. Do you see it more as a chore or do you still see it as an escape and something you get excited about?
1: It's definitely something I get excited about. It's definitely an escape. Uh, When you have multiple teams, though, somewhere down the line, you start getting a little confused at who's on what team and which waiver wire you've submitted forward. and so like at that point it becomes a little bit more of a chore especially if you think about the payout how little it is per per capita of time spent but for the most part it is a, a wonderful joy that I, I miss and I'm so ready to get started in
0: yeah I know that's definitely a, fu- a favorite stat of yours is to actually calculate out the uh, hourly wage that it costs to actually it's run all so those football minimal. teams <laughs> even if you were to win that's if you were to win everything so I see it a bit as both like it's definitely becomes a chore after a while especially halfway through that season when you're hitting that kind of you know that summer swoon almost you know those dog days of summer feeling in fantasy football but when i think about it overall i'm like "Ah, maybe i could just give up a couple teams and i'm just like no you know and when i actually get into it and start doing some of the research or just looking at my rosters and trying to debate stuff in my head it's fun it's exciting and it is an escape and it allows you to kind of decompress from everything else that's going on
1: sure and i think there are also other couples there that play on the same leagues who get to trash talk on weekends and i think that's another part of the fun. Like if it's not a complete joy, that's another reason people do it is because they get to trash talk their friends. So even if they're not, even if it is a little bit of a chore, it's worth being able to, to rub it in your friends' faces. Well, that's the
0: best part about the league that we're in together. We get to actually compete and also talk trash on all of our friends. So it's Sir. it's a win-win. So let's move into our weekly position rankings. And typically this is going to be the top five during the season because that'll fluctuate week to week. But this week, since we did the top five last week, we're going to jump into the six through ten since we're still kind of in our preseason mode and just uh, want to flesh out where everybody's sitting at. So let's start it off with the quarterback position. Let's do it.
1: At number 6, we are going to start at number 10. Whoa, whoa, now, whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, yes, oh, oh. You jump in the gun here, Alex. Uh, uh, <laughs> let let the first half of the co-hosting team start this off for you and show you how Sh- it's Show done. me how
1: it's done. Show me what let we're me doing. show you then. It's done. Okay. You Show me and, and everybody else.
0: So, starting off at the QB position, we have the Mr. Sir Thomas Brady of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers starting off at number 10. Thoughts?
1: I would put Aaron Rodgers there.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah, I could go with that. I would put Carson Wentz up there. I would move him up. I would honestly maybe move Matt Stafford up there too. It's just that age thing. I'm telling you, at some point, it's just going to come and bite him. But you know what? The one factor I think could play into this is just revitalizing Brady of just being somewhere new and not in New England. It's also not the Patriots. So. Yeah, he,
1: he can do great things for football. And, and not do great things for fantasy football numbers though. So I would put him at like 12. Absolutely, I
0: agree with that wholeheartedly. Okay, moving on. Who do we got at number nine?
1: Number nine, we've got Matt Ryan. Or
0: what do we call this? This was, uh, what was your uh, pick last bold week? Bold
1: prediction is what we call this. That's
0: right. This is your bold prediction of the week last week, which is- Yeah, it
1: doesn't happen that much. I have to throw it in when I can.
0: Listening back to everything, I felt like we kind of skated over that and I actually wanted to bring this up. So that's great. But yes, a bold prediction. You think Matt Ryan's gonna have like a top five season, don't you? I think-
1: he has a ton of wide receivers to throw to this year, and there's no way you can cover all three. Plus, didn't they get Todd Gurley? Uh,
0: yes, yes, they did. So they do have uh, people they won't be able to stack the box. Should they cover out wide? Know. Like They don't know what they're going to do. I, I don't know. I, Matt Ryan, I've always been down on Matt Ryan. Then he had that one season, two seasons ago to prove everybody wrong, and then everybody drafted him super high last year, and then he was the normal Matt Ryan. So I, I don't put much, much stock in Matt Ryan. If he has a great year, good for him.
1: That's why it's a bold prediction. But if it happens, rewind. Let's see how this ages.
0: Unlike fine wine, I don't think it's going to age well.
1: Do it. Number seven.
0: Moving up to number seven, Drew Brees. And uh, we talked about this last week. We actually think this should be higher. Uh, hands yeah. down. He should be in the top five. I, I don't understand Agree. this.
1: He should be four or five legit. So
0: For sure. Especially because look who's ahead of him. I mean.
1: Yeah. Number six is Josh Allen of
0: Buffalo. I mean, Josh Allen had a solid season last year. And I do think he has the potential to even get a little bit better. But again, first off, better than breeze. It's it's Buffalo. Second off, it's not the true breeze. Like it's just, it's, kind of ludicrous that this is where his average draft pick is right now very weird things are happening all right well that is our qb discussions for the week let's move into the
1: we actually spaces. missed one i don't want to interrupt you or anything <sighs> but we need deshaun watson at number six to be on all the board. right
0: see i'm just keeping you on your toes alex i wanted to see if you're paying attention very good my friend way to be way to be deshaun watson is at number six of the houston texans so and we
1: i think we agree he should be there
0: yeah i think it's a fine spot he obviously can't Came down a couple notches because he lost Hopkins. So, you know, that's going to be an interesting one to see. I still think he's a super talented quarterback and I still think he's going to get a lot of points.
1: Five is a good spot for him. Let's move on.
0: All right. Six is a good spot for him. Hey, look who's paying
1: attention. Hmm.
0: All right. Moving into the tight end spot. All right. At number 10, we have Evan Ingram of the New York Giants.
1: I think he should be a little lower on the list to be quite honest. And why is that? feel like the Giants are going to do better than people think. They've got Saquon. He is healthy right now. And I just feel like your tight end is your best friend in some of those situations. I would drop him a little bit.
0: Wait, you would move him up?
1: That, that's what I'm saying. I, w- I could see on this list... I would probably put him at seven. I would swap with our number seven person.
0: Oh, okay. I was confused. I thought you said drop him, meaning like he doesn't belong at this spot.
1: I apologize. I meant drop him as in lowering the number from okay, ten, ten to go. seven.
0: Golf score. You're golf scoring us right now. That's, I see. That's that's what I thought.
1: It was ten okay. to seven.
0: Got it. Okay. All right. Well, moving on. I First off, I agree. I, I think either he's right where he should be or he probably should be actually two or three spots higher. We'll get to that.
1: We'll see. We'll see where the list falls. We've got number nine, Jared Cook.
0: Yeah, the, that's about right for New Orleans. Actually, he probably could even be bumped up again because he's on New Orleans in Breeze, although they spread the ball around, around at times. It's still a tight end spot in one of the most high-octane offenses in football with one of the yep. best quarterbacks in football. So
1: Breeze loves to throw to his tight end in the red
0: zone. Always a dump. All right. Uh moving on up to number eight. seven. Eight? eight? I can't even count. Number eight. Right, number moving eight. on to number eight. Rob Gronkowski of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This this one Oh man, talk about riding high on a name. I, I, I don't even I don't even know where to begin. I even clicked on the red note tab of it yeah, and it says yeah. It says people are just guessing of how many receptions he's going to have. And Peter King of uh, Sports Illustrated, not even more Sports Illustrated, he's saying he can guess that he's probably going to be third in receptions of tight ends on the team, not even of all receivers of Tampa Bay. <laughs> and even earlier in other news coming out this week in camp that he's having a hard time in that uh, Florida heat down there. So I just this – is, this is not right. As
1: long as they don't make him block for uh, extra points, I think they'll be okay.
0: So the thought is, is that he will come in high leverage situations. So he will get major points for touchdowns. And that is the only upside of him at at this point in his career on this team.
1: Low ceiling. That's what I hear.
0: Moving on.
1: Number seven. Yeah. Tyler Higby. Oh, is this your guy? Is this the guy you're eyeing up this year? This was the guy I would switch with Ingram is what I'm saying. He should be in the 10 spot period.
0: I agree with that. Yeah. I,
1: I... I want, I want Cooper cup. I want Robert Woods. I want no other Ram.
0: Agreed. I, and actually because those two are going to get a lot of catches this year. Moving on then to number six, we're at Hunter Henry of the Los Angeles Chargers. I don't
1: love it. I think if you need a tight end, but number six?
0: Well, who would you put up ahead of him? Would you put Ingram up at six then? I guess I, I would.
1: I guess I would. I would put Ingram and then I would put Hunter Henry. There we go.
0: And I'd move Cook up again too. So I, I think Hunter Henry could jump down a spot or two and you move up maybe Cook and uh, Ingram. Agree all right so that is our tight end positions let's move on moving quick moving quick getting into the very favorite position of defense so where are we starting at on defenses starting out at
1: green bay or is it washington you tell me uh, he's at the number
0: 10. we are at Washington's the number 10 spot we That's are right. at the football teams we are at the washington football team is the number 10 defense so discuss i guess
1: gosh i don't care <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: I, I gotta be honest, this, this is a weird one. I know they did pick up a big defensive lineman in the draft, so I think they have been building a defense, and they also have Ron Rivera there as a defensive guy, so I guess people are expecting a jump. I might take a flyer on this later rounds, but I would never put that up there too high. Moving on then to number nine, Minnesota. Sure, I'm fine with them anywhere in yeah. the top six to ten because they're always pretty solid. I actually probably have them higher Kansas City, same thing.
1: Yeah, number eight, Kansas City. Number seven, New Orleans. New Orleans. I like it. It's fine. And, it's all and fine. And then, you,
0: then your team, New England, that number six. We'll see. I'm not big on the new I'm not big on the New England one. So those are the defenses. So that was the quarterback tight end and defenses position ranking 6 through 10. All right, we're going to take a break now and we're going to jump into some current event topics that are happening around the league. And for the second week in a row, we're talking about the Ravens and we're talking about a wide receiver and this time it's about the rumors that Des Bryant will be coming in for a workout uh with the Ravens this week. So I guess the Ravens are feeling a little soft in their wide receiver core and need some veteran uh, presence in there. What do, you, what do you think about this? Or Would you like this? Do you think this is going to happen?
1: Well, I think Lamar Jackson needs somebody to be able to throw the ball to to go get the ball, I guess. Because there's definitely been many plays that I've seen where he's overthrown his receiver for whatever reason, whether it's the receiver not running fast enough. So I think that's their idea. But, you know, they'll sign him to a one-year contract, make him the outside route runner, and they'll just try to throw over defenses. That'll be his only purpose.
0: Yeah, I think it's honestly a smart play because you are in a win mode now with the ravens they got a hot young quarterback who could really use just some big target like des bryant now he hasn't played in 2 years so i don't know how much vertical threat he's going to give you anymore but these guys usually wide receivers like des bryant are a different class you could actually like slot tio in there right now that guy is still so fit at probably age 40 plus so
1: as we know we've seen him in the burbank softball league he can still run as we have <laughs>
0: Yeah, I I would be real interested to
1: see them do this, but he's a little old. So as long, I mean, for a football player, as long as he doesn't get injured, I think they'll be okay. All
0: right. So let's move on to a common topic around this time of year, which camps and that is injuries galore. So you get an injury, you get an injury and you get an injury. I've always wanted to do that. It looks like we're just starting to see some big ones pop up. Uh, Cowboys, big defensive tackle free agent, Gerald McCoy. He went down, I think, with the Achilles tear. He's done for the season. That's already known. 49ers, Jalen Hurts, uh, possible ACL tear. He was a rookie last year, had a big back injury, couldn't play last year. Had big promise, though. Showed a lot of uh, flash in preseason, so they're hoping out to get a lot out of him this year. And it looks like it's already done before it's even started, which is a shame. Hopkins, he has a hamstring injury, so they're watching him closely over there in Arizona. And your favorite... A.J. Green. Mr. A.J. Green, man, already looking at that hammy before the season even starts. I think the first week of came. The
1: years, the years that I have been hard on this player. The years, like, the most consistent of, of underappreciated topics the fact that you should not be drafting this person
0: well it looks like he's probably going to have to drop in the league so i actually think he could be a pretty good value pick this year after not playing almost at all last year now his hamstring injury is already cropping up i think he's going to be a great value play man i would take him in like the fifth or sixth round
1: i like my players consistent i like to know that they're going to get a certain amount of points from here to here i don't want to have to wake up in the morning and go up here we go again
0: Trust me, I went through it with AB last year. It's not that difficult. I still went to the championship, so it's okay. That is what we have going on for current events this week. Yeah, I'm sure we're gonna have more injury news as we move along. Through Hopkins camps. will be
1: fine. That's my take on that.
0: Let's keep moving along. We're gonna get back into our weekly position rankings, and the next up on the list is the kicker. The kicker. So yeah, number Alex, ten. Just, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna let you just take this one, man. Just take all five of them.
1: Let's do it. We've got number 10. We've got Fairbarn of uh, Houston. Very
0: good. You can count.
1: Uh, I know, right? Yeah, we've got uh, Matt Gay from Tampa Bay, which I think actually is probably a pretty good kicker pick if I'm going to – because, you know, Tom Brady's going to get you to the red zone at least, I imagine, with all of his strategery. Then you've got uh, Zane Gonzalez with Arizona. I probably would move Gay in front of him, uh, but that's fine. Then we've got Bagley of the Chargers. Chargers are a pretty fast-paced offense, so not bad. And then Detroit Prater is probably a pretty good choice as well if you can get a kicker if you care. Yeah.
0: I mean, again, I typically try to favor the dome teams as much as I can or in those warm weather teams, which most of these guys are done with that scintillating conversation and moving on into probably the most interesting part of a six through nine discussion. And that is the wide receiver, because you're going to have to have at least three wide receivers on your team. So we're starting to get into wide receiver two territory, but also wide receiver one territory still for some teams, depending on how they decide the draft in those first two rounds let's start off with alan robinson of the chicago bears yeah i had him on my team last year he was good he was a lot better i got him in a later round too and uh he really did me good as a wide receiver too for me he was he was great
1: nobody trusts his quarterback you'll still be able to get him in a later round
0: honestly it doesn't matter who's thrown to him he's the number one receiver on that team and he's good and that offense is good enough i'm not saying the team's good enough but the offense is good enough to get him yards and enough touchdowns. let's
1: move on to number nine not even the first wide receiver in tampa bay mike evans is the second wide receiver on this list from tampa bay
0: yeah, this is pretty wild. This this used to be my go-to workhorse for years, years, and now he's not even the number one receiver on the team anymore. So that's really interesting. I don't think you can go wrong though, really, with either receiver on Tampa Bay, and he's right where I guess where he should be. I mean, you could argue maybe the first. So you
1: you'll, you would take you would take Godwin over over Evans when you have the shot. Okay, there you go. Let's move on.
0: Yeah, I think I would.
1: Let's do it. Number number eight.
0: Number eight. Mr. Odell Beckham Jr. So, yeah, this seems about right. Um, I would take him again. I still, I, here, here's Beckham to me. To me, Beckham is the opposite of Christian McCaffrey, where like I can't draft McCaffrey because I feel like he's so worn out that I'm going to be left holding the bag. Whereas the opposite with Beckham for like the past two seasons, he hasn't played that well. But it's like he's going to strike at some point, And I just want to be the guy holding the bag when I hit it rich.
1: As Albie would say, he's due.
0: He's due. That's my take on Beckham. He's Great. due.
1: Num- number seven, Kenny Galladay, Detroit
0: he's one of these guys that isn't always on my radar but he's always kind of percolating in these mid-range of the high end of the draft board and i I don't have really a a, a take on him to be honest I don't follow him enough and I just he's not on my radar
1: you know they used they used to have calvin Johnson so like he kind of has to replace that sort of role but nobody can ever do that
0: right but don't you think he's like is is he on your big board is he on your radar as a guy that's really a guy you want to draft no I, like I,
1: I've kind of stayed away from stafford it's kind of been a little a uh, secret of mine that i don't really trust stafford uh week in and week out we he'll he'll give you those like 40 points he'll give you those five touchdowns in a game but he'll also give you those stinkers so like stafford stafford i don't trust
0: and i think he's been a little more injury prone late as of late too. the past season or two having a couple games off here and there so
1: number six chris godwin was the last one but we had to kind of throw oh him there in. it is
0: Yeah, Chris Godwin, which we already just pretty much spoke to. So what would you do, Godwin or Evans? Who is kind of your pick?
1: You know, if I had the devil's advocate of like this one or this one, I think you go Godwin. But if I also had the choice of either or, I'd, I'd be happy.
0: Uh, I'm a hundred percent there with you on that. So uh, Chris Godwin rounds out our six through nine for the wide receiver. So this is again, always an interesting part of the draft to watch at because now you're starting to get into your depth players for wide receiver, but can really still get you some big points. And we're looking at our six through 10 for running backs. And we're going to start with this number 10 Clyde Edwards, Hilaire of the Kansas city. This is a rookie hitting the top 10. So you put him up on your uh, Interesting Picks to Watch last week, didn't you?
1: Yeah, he was on the Interesting Picks to Watch. He wasn't on the top 10 board. You've still got Josh Jacobs. You've got Eckler. You've got Melvin Gordon. You've got Connor. You've got Fournette. You've got Mark Ingram. You've got Moster. I've got at least five or six ones that I would put before this guy, and that's just because I don't go off hype.
0: Okay. All right. Well, first off... Out of all those names you listed, the one that sticks out—the one that sticks out to me the most—that is somehow just buried in this bottom half of this board here—is Miles Sanders of the Eagles. To That's me, it. this is like the pick of picks. I got that is the guy I'm eyeing up. I'm just—I'll let you know that right now. I—I don't know where it's coming from. I'm aware of this guy because of my Dynasty draft. He went in, uh, I think, top three uh, in my Dynasty draft rookie draft. So I was aware of him. Again, being in top ten though, I, 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 and not at the level of like a Shaquan Barkley when he got he got drafted. You know, that's why it is weird. It just must be the KC thing.
1: I've told you before, Andy Reid for the last 10 years has always there's definitely reasons behind it, but I would I personally if I had any of those other like four guys that I mentioned still on the board, I would take them before.
0: Something to consider, though, if you're in a PPR league, though, is that he will get catches out of the backfield. That is a tried-and-true staple of the Andy Reid offense. So, anyway, moving on to number nine, we have Kenyon Drake. I love it. We talked about him last week, and you are very high on Kenyon Drake. Mm-hmm. So do you think he's correct at nine, or would you actually move him up?
1: I think that's the perfect spot for him right there, right, right, uh, right above Nick Chubb. At uh, number
0: eight. Oh man, you're just butchering the terminology here tonight. Above, no, he is below Nick Chubb. He is below <laughs> Nick Chubb on a draft board. Oh my God. You're butchering the the terminology for a draft board like I butcher the names of these players week <laughs> in and week out.
1: <laughs> That's so true.
0: <laughs> Which is a small quick side tangent on that. I was editing the first episode last week and I'm just going, wow. I'm going through, working through some technical difficulties. I'm like, okay, that's all right. You know, it's first episode, getting back into the swing of things, things like that. But I was like, man, I am in mid-season form of just absolutely demolishing just all these players' names.
1: names. I cut a lot of it out of the video. A lot of the ones where I was able to get a clean version of, because you usually reset and you try it again. Or I would say it and then you would say it. So I would just cut me re-saying it out. So it just seemed like you said it right.
0: Yeah, those were saving those for the blooper reels years down the line of how many times I butcher right. people's names and how badly I do it. So for
1: sure. But regardless, number eight, get, Nick. Get Chubb. Get back on
0: track, Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. Yeah, I, I honestly I bump him up a spot or two.
1: I, I agree. I think I would put him above uh, or Mixon. below. Would I put him above or below Mixon? You, you put him above Mixon. I would put him above Mixon. <laughs> at number number seven.
0: Yes, at number seven. I honestly Mixon to me. Honestly, I would drop down even. Below oh, for sure, I think Ken and Drake. I would put I would put Mixon at nine and move the other two, Chubb and Drake, up.
1: I would probably draft the Kansas City running back before I would draft Mixon, actually. But
0: actually, again, there's a lot. There's actually, no, we were talking about it more. I think there's a whole lot of court running backs I would draft before Mixon that are even lower down. There's got to
1: be, there's got to be more hype that we don't know about. So, you know.
0: I guess so. I mean, they got a new quarterback back there, so maybe that's all part of the dynamic. That's always things you got to take into consideration. Could be. I have not not taken him into consideration yet, but that's something that everybody should. All right, moving on to number six, Dalvin Cook of the Minnesota Vikings.
1: I like it. I think that's a good spot for him. He gets hurt every year, though, but it's a good spot for him. Which is
0: probably why he's at number six, because I think talent-wise, he's actually could be bumped up maybe a couple spots, but his injury history and... Minnesota, always week in and week out. You never knew who's really going to be the star of the show. Is it going to be the running backs? Is it going to be the wide receivers? So it's kind of hard sometimes with Minnesota to tell. All right. So that is the wrapping up of our weekly position ranking discussions, six through 10 this week. Moving on from that, we're going to get into our strategy talk discussion of the week. And what we're going to talk about is draft order position. So we're going to break this down into four kind of groupings. And we're just going to talk through... What are kind of the pros and cons of each of these groupings? So we're talking the very front one through three. We're talking the front middle of four through six. Then we're talking that back middle of seven through nine, the dreaded back middle. That's like Death Valley right there. And then you have the back end of going 10 through 12. And again, this is for a 12 team league since unfortunately we've moved on from a 10 team to a 12 team. I'm sorry, I know I'm frustrated by it. I know you all are too, but anyway, Moving past all of my misery with that, let's get into it.
1: I'll I'll still beat those two other people, so I don't mind.
0: Another bold prediction from Alex right here, right now. All right. Well, anyway, let's get into it. All right. So, talking one through three, like what is the general draft strategy you feel? And, like, what are kind of some pros and cons from being here?
1: Everybody does the exact same thing when you're one through three. Everybody gets a running back, it's one of the top three running backs. You're happy to get any of the three. Um, Personally, you've got to think on the snake for this, though. So it's like, if you are okay with getting McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley or Alvin Kamara, if you don't care which of the three you get, take that third spot. Like, if you Mm -hmm. genuinely don't care about that name, because you'll get the wraparound, which will probably get you a pretty good wide receiver, definitely a good tight end.
0: Yeah, it's always that second round comeback that the sooner you can get a pick in on that, the better you're going to be able to kind of balance out your team. Because even two picks later going, you know, on the back end of that sneak can more limit you on higher end players. So I agree with that. And it's the same for the other end of the back end, which we'll get to. But that third, that third spot uh, is that now to me is where you start debating because then when you move into the middle round picks here, you got four, four five, and six.
1: Let's talk of the middle round. Sure. You, you've got to switch it. As soon as you get to that four, five, six, forget about the running back. You've got to switch it to a number one of another position.
0: I agree. And you really should just be wide receiver, though, because I I mean, you can go tight end if you want. But I just think that the higher end of the wide receivers is higher end than the ones of the tight end.
1: There, there's only one tight end spot. A lot of times maybe there's a couple flex spots, but there is a minimum of two wide receivers in most leagues. For ours, you can do four. So if you're yep. trying to fit four spots against one spot, the value in the wide receiver is way higher for us.
0: That's why I just try to maximize my wide receiver positions. And that's why I'm every year considering a zero RB strategy is because if I start off drafting the top one or two wide receivers at that point on that snake back, I'm just thinking I'm not going to have a real high end wide running back. So I might as well then just try to keep on piling up the top players I can at wide receiver and just really try to bank that. So there's a lot of times my strategy there.
1: And then for you, you usually spend a lot of money on a running back somewhere down the line when someone gets hurt or there's some sort of breaking news. And for the most part that works out. There's a lot of sweating going on from week to week, but.
0: But it now here, here, here's the thing in that four and five spot. So you do have to watch it because I do think in this, this year, I think there are people who will take a flyer at number three on Michael Thomas. So you have to be ready at that four spot that if he's not there, you have to decide, though, are you going to take the number three running back or are you still going to go for the number two wide receiver? See, there's that little bit of – at that point, I do think you take running back in my personal opinion, which is what happened to me, I don't know, like two or three years ago. I had Zeke drop to me. And at like the five or six spot, and I just took him. And this is when he was kind of like a top three. Uh, so it's just one of those things, just like if stuff does fall to you, though, you do have to be ready to to change your mode. Your, so what uh, about the
1: end? What if we hit the end of the snake? What happens then?
0: Are we skipping Death Valley? Are we saving the worst for last? Is that what we're doing?
1: What do you mean? I don't, I don't seven, mind. 789.
0: I don't mind. 789. 789. No. That, that's not the end. That's the, that's the middle end.
1: 789 is kind of like an iffy spot. You almost have to decide based
0: on Ify, iffy, iffy. Seven, eight, nine 79 is like death. So I, I mean, honestly, if we're really going to talk about it, like it's it's six, seven, eight is the worst spots in all of drafting.
1: Just because you have to play it by how the draft is unfolding. There's not really like you can go in with a strategy, but tough because it's not going to work out to how you thought it was unless you start reaching for players.
0: I see again, this is a little harder because it was a 10 team league, but I was at the seven spot last year, which was not great. But I did get Travis Kelsey at that spot because I got him on the back coming around, remember, in front of you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember getting Mark Andrews at uh, round number 12 too. Uh, So Mm -hmm. I remember. Mm -hmm. I do remember. Yeah.
0: So anyway, so what I'm just getting at it, it, I actually what you just said is you're 100% right though. When you fall into those spots, you almost have to have like three strategies ready to go because you have to take the draft more as it comes rather than dictating what you kind of want to push out.
1: Yeah, I was going to pull that trigger as well the very next pick, so it was a good spot. And then I was Kittle was still there on the, the wraparound, and I was going to grab him too, but I think I went Thielen instead. And you went. Anyway,
0: so then the final is the back end where you get the snake back. Now, it's difficult because you're really getting no pick of your choice by the time you get to 10, 11, or 12.
1: You don't, but you get two things. One, you get more time than anybody else to think about your two picks because you should already know what one person is. So take that entire clock before you even decide what that second person is so that you then get double the amount of time. So I really enjoy being on the end of the snake. So if I had to choose, it's either side. But you're right. You don't really get the first of anything. You, but you do get quantity, which I like. because you, you don't have to make that tough decision. Do I have to do a tight end this time and wait for a running back next time? I'll, I'll take them both. I'll take both of those positions. So that's why I like the end of this. Name. Well, and
0: that's, that's part of the problem though, in a 12 team with like, say the six or seven spot, you, you have to have this thinking of like, well, I have to try to get as best I can here, but then I can't plan as well for the comeback though, because there's another five picks in front of you, you know, coming back around, which is difficult. And that's why I agree. I'd rather end up being at the very tail end of the draft rather than in that back middle, because that back middle is just deadly, deadly.
1: Agree completely. I think we're on the same page.
0: There you go. So that's what your strategy should be. You should know exactly who you're taking in the one, two, three spot, and then have a kind of your depth chart ready to go because it's going to be a while till you draft again, that four and five, just go for the best available at the next position outside of wide receiver. That is your strategy in the middle rounds. You have to have kind of be flexible and let it come to you. And then on that back tail end, just be ready to double up more. You're going to do your double dipping. So have a strategy of getting who you need right when you need it, but also then being able to game plan out who you kind of want without over overreaching. All right. Well, now your draft is solved. You should be able to get every player that you want based off of those strategies that we just explained to you so that you'll never have to say, if I only started this other guy, I would have won my week. I would have (laughs) won. So, yeah. All right. So that is our strategy talk. Alex. do you have anything else to add on to draft position strategy?
1: No, I think we covered it. And there was an end at the end of there. I kind of let you go. I didn't give you any sort of support, you know, kind of like a crowd does uh, in a football uh, stadium. I kind of let you go to see what would happen.
0: Yeah, and I was kind of flailing there. I, I was expecting some feedback there and get a little energized, and I, I wasn't getting it. So, so let's yeah.
1: talk about that. Like, what do you think football players are going to do without having uh, people in the stands?
0: I uh, honestly, I don't think it's going to be great. I think that players really do run off adrenaline off of the fans. And in those high pressure moments, like you have a crowd, say you're at a home team and like, you got the crowd behind you. It's, it's deafening. And it's all about the momentum
1: switch. It's all about that momentum shift right there.
0: But now this momentum shift is so quiet. It's just going to be, well,
1: how weird is it going to be when he's like, Omaha, Omaha,
0: Omaha, (laughs) like,
1: like you're going to hear everything like Mike, Mike 45, like stop yelling. We, everybody can hear like, because there's always those third downs uh, when the defense needs the crowd to pump it up. Are they going to pump it in the stands like they do in baseball? Uh,
0: I, I, baseball is just this lingering like base level sound. <laughs> it's like, oh, people are there. They're not really cheering. They're here, but they're not cheering. So it's going to be weird. I bring. The, I wanted to talk about this a little bit just because do you think this is going to have an overall effect on fantasy, though, and players and in these big moments like there's that?
1: There's no 12th man. There's no 12th man
0: you're driving down the field and you can hear perfectly fine. It's like you're in your own little bubble. So
1: what is home field advantage anymore? Just traveling and not having to stay in a hotel.
0: I guess so. And just that you don't have your, you know, the, the luxuries of your home locker room, you know, so
1: it'll affect some value, but it'll affect the value across the board. At least
0: it will, but it will have an effect. And it'll be interesting to see if certain teams are more affected than that. So it's, it's something to watch. Maybe maybe the Seahawks do worse. Maybe. I don't know they're the official twelfth man, I guess, That's in what all I football. Mean. So another thing to keep in mind when you're drafting, if you got a team that really relies on that twelfth man, just just another little thing. If there's another little checklist to kind of go against. So we'll end it off with that. Alex, do you have anything else that you wanted to bring up today?
1: I think we've covered it. If you want to reach me, you can reach me at TikTok at Alex Laughs, or you can reach us at Instagram at fantasy football wins.
0: All right, there you go. And you can reach me at Jay Straves on Twitter. Sorry, I don't have a TikTok right now. Hopefully TikTok will still be around in a few weeks. But again, you can reach us all on at Fantasy Football Wins on Instagram. And that's where we're going to be posting a lot of little goodies throughout the week, throughout the season. So we're going to continue to ramp that up as the season progresses. So keep an eye out on that. Uh, We're going to see what fun things we can do there. So, Alex, if you don't have anything else, uh, I think that'll do it for this week.
1: Yeah, good talk.